Well, it's goodbye to Texas University, except not yet. This is Locked On Big 12. You are Locked On Big 12, your daily podcast on the Big 12 Conference, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Happy Tuesday, everybody. Welcome into Locked On Big 12. I'm Drake Toll from ESPN Central Texas. Thank you for making Locked On Big 12 your first listen every single day today. Can anybody beat the Longhorns? Can anybody please beat Texas? We'll also talk about the new guys, some winners and losers. because It's weird, right? Remember how good BYU was? Now they're not. How bad UCF was? And maybe now they're not. And then at the end of the show, where is Gary Patterson headed? Because I don't know if we've... We didn't, I didn't unpack enough the possible landing spots for GP. And does he belong in college football again? We'll talk all of that. But first, can anybody beat Texas? I am going to. There have been a lot of allegations. There have been a lot. By the way, I found Waldo. It's me. Look at my outfit today. I have got. I've heard the allegations. The haters are talking. You've probably heard that everybody's saying around town. Oh, this guy hates Texas. And oh, this guy, he's biased against Texas. And oh, this guy just wants Texas to lose. Shocking. The people are accusing me of that. What on earth evidence would you have? How how dumbfounding is it? These people are accusing me, me, a ball knower, someone who loves the Big 12 of hating a team that helped leave, that helped try to destroy the Big 12, that left the Big 12, that is not in the conference anymore after this season. There have been a couple comments out there. You know, look, my mom reads the comments more than I do. I read all the positive ones. I thank you so much. I love I love reading the banter back and forth. But the ones who are like, this guy is stupid and he sucks. That makes my mom cry. That makes my mom cry. Now what, huh? How do you feel about that? The boy, all the Texas fans are in the comments and they're all, oh, this guy, you know, be unbiased. Texas stealing the Big 12. That's what they sound like. That's what they sound like. You know what? Somebody that's like. SEC, locked on SEC, Chris Gordy does a great job. Does a great job. Now, look, I'm, I'm going to make the case today. I'm going to tell you today, now that I've really roped you all in here, that Texas is going to win the Big 12 championship. Boo. I know. I know. And you're sitting at home and you're going, you know what? I hate Texas too, Drake. I'm with you. Yeah, get them out of the conference. Let's talk about Arizona and what they bring. What what is Utah going to bring to this league? And man, can Colorado put it together? And wow, it's going to be so much fun to have Arizona State as the you know rug that we all step on. And maybe you know BYU can put it together. And can Texas Tech find a way to dominate? Those are the stories that I love. But today, I have to be the bearer of bad news. The Texas Longhorns are going to win the Big Twelve championship. Am I Patty Shore? Absolutely. Am I an objective journalist doing my job? Not a chance. No, sir. No, sir. Because I'm going to give you my, I'm not going to sit here robotically and say, here are the scores. Here's what happened. Here's what could happen. Here's a prediction that is educated. No, I'm going to give you the, what the blue collar Big 12 fans want, what they feel. Right. This is what what I'm telling you is not a I'm going to read the box score and tell you why Texas is going to win a Big 12 championship because it's subjective. No, this is me saying, look, it pains me. I have had an emotional response about Texas. I've had an emotional response about this whole conference because I care about it. And today, all things considered, whether I'm rooting for it or not, it is time to admit reluctantly because I am petty and your comments are exactly right. They're spot on. You can stop saying it because you're correct. Texas is going to win the Big 12 championship. It's not fun. None of us like it. None of us like when the bad guy wins. 
But Texas has played the role of the villain so well. And in life, I wrote this quote down the other day. I, I have been studying for uh, an interview coming up. This is great. Someone to root for, someone to root against. That's that's the biggest in sports. That is the biggest driving factor to viewership is someone to root for, but maybe more importantly, someone to root against. When Texas has gone on the road, look at the Texas game at Houston. That's when people sell things out. People show up to see the, see the University of Texas lose. Those fans aren't showing up to see their team win as much as they're showing up to see Texas lose because, you know, a, a game between TCU at home against Grambling State is not going to draw 40,000 TCU fans. A game against Texas at home is going to draw 40,000 TCU fans, no matter how good or how bad the team is. They just want to see your team defeat Texas because the brand is that big. I don't have too much pride to, to say that, to admit that. Now, the reason I think Texas will win the Big 12 championship and has a case for the college football playoff. They're the only Big 12 team that could go to the college football playoff. And I, and I know I've been a little sporadic here. But I'm fired up today. Fired up. A lot of caffeine. Insert this. If Texas doesn't go to the college football playoff, if the Big 12 doesn't get someone in the college football playoff, I don't care. And neither should you. All these people who are in, commenting on social media and saying stuff like, oh, well, we should all be rooting for the Big 12 to get somebody in the college football playoff. What is that going to do for your life? Especially if it's Texas, who's in the SEC now. How is it going to make your life better? Oh, it's going to bring the Big 12 more money. How is that going to affect you? When are you going to see those dollars? Is it going to mean that more recruits come to the Big 12? No. Is it going to mean that Florida State comes to the Big 12? No. So I'm not rooting for Texas to go to the to, to, to win the Big 12 championship. I'm not rooting for them to go to the college football playoffs. So the Big 12 just has somebody there. I'm just telling you, it's probably what's going to happen. Because Jonathan Brooks went down. Boom. QCJ Baxter. Great at running the football. Xavier Worthy went down last week. It's like, oh, you know, you'd hate for Texas season to be ruined by injuries. And there were a few key guys that went down against Iowa State. Boom. All of them are going to be back against Texas Tech. This is for the first time in over a decade, over a decade for sure. God himself has anointed the burn orange. Every little thing you think this is the thing that goes wrong. This is the game they're playing Kansas State. And they're good. This is the game on the road against Iowa State. This is the week. God says, you know what? I put you guys through a lot. I'm sorry. And then he gives you a bone, including all their guys being back, banged up at back. How about Burt Auburn? I'm sorry. I read a lot of Longhorns country. I read about every team. I don't always talk about every team, every Texas, every Texas. But I read a lot of Longhorns country because I know a lot of the writers who are over there. And the key takeaways, C.J. Baxter to Burt Auburn to defense for Texas and what it looks like. Some of the key takeaways this week include... Burt Auburn. There is a, I learned this probably two years ago, really have tried to been, I've used this in my college football on my pulpit. Kickers in college football are so much more key than we ever give them credit for ever. I, they're high school football, college football, when your three points are automatic and somebody else's aren't, I've seen it with Baylor this year. I've gotten a front row seat for It's like paying to go to a funeral every week. I've seen it. It's bad. Now that Burt Auburn is reliable and is finally, finally there, that's scary. Hitting a 50-yarder, that's scary. Now the special teams thing has come along for Texas. The running game's come along. Quinn Ewers is throwing the football. Xavier Worthy's healthy again. The only thing that can hold Texas back right now is the pass defense. 
against Iowa State, the Longhorns allowed nine rushing yards and 323 passing yards to a guy named Rocco Beck. Now, I know Rocco. But he's, he's good. He's good. Here's the issue. Texas Tech, what are they better at? Taj Brooks running the football. Ooh. If Texas plays Oklahoma State in the Big 12 championship, what are they better at? Alan Bowman is their quarterback. Not terrible. Not great. Ollie Gordon is what makes them tick. The Texas run defense just allowed nine yards. It's going to take a team with an aggressive aerial attack or a team that can at least piece it together through the air. Maybe Kansas State throw it to Ben Sennett with Will Howard to beat Texas. That's the only chance right now. Can anyone beat Texas at this point in the year? The answer to me is yes. And there is one team, one team that will. and It's Kansas State. If we get that matchup in Arlington, if we're blessed by Kansas State and Texas, which we need some jazz to happen. That would be awesome. Because that's the only matchup that I think Texas will lose. They will beat Oklahoma State. The run defense is too good. The pass defense, a liability. Alan Bowman can't expose it. Can Texas win the Big 12? They will. Womp, womp. Bearer bad news. Coming up, are the new, are the new guys lame? This, Lockdown Big 12, part of the Lockdown Podcast Network, your team every day. Today's show is brought to you by LinkedIn Talent Solutions. LinkedIn Talent Solutions is where I go to hire an intern. Hey, this is it. Right now, I'm going to use this promo as we speak. I am looking for an intern to join me starting within the next couple of weeks. I need somebody beginning like December 10th. I'm already on the hunt here. They have like a three-week window hiring process. LinkedIn.com forward slash locked on college. You can post your job for free. And I'm going to be doing the same thing because I look for one intern a semester, usually a college student that can post shorts and run Twitter and post polls. And LinkedIn Talent Solutions is where I go. It's what I use. You can be 100% sure that you have the right qualified candidates. LinkedIn Jobs help find the right people for your team faster and for free. Add your job with the purple hashtag hiring frame to your LinkedIn profile to spread the word that you're hiring. Simple tools like screening questions make it easy to focus on candidates with just the right skills and experience so you can quickly prioritize who you want to hire it's why small businesses rate linkedin jobs number one in delivering quality hires versus the leading competitors linkedin jobs helps you find your qualified candidates you want to talk to faster post your job for free linkedin.com slash locked on college linkedin.com slash locked on college to go post your job for free terms and conditions do apply so what's going on with these new guys once upon a time, I told you BYU was a Big 12 contender. I talked about in, I guess, week five or six, BYU being in the top four or five teams in the Big 12. That was by virtue of squads like Texas Tech, who had underwhelmed, and TCU had already dropped a couple, and, and Baylor had already dropped theirs. And, of course, those, tre- th- those trends were a little different. TCU middled, Baylor dropped out, Texas Tech is better now. For BYU, it was, hey, you could be really good. For UCF, it was the same deal. When they, when they went on the road and they beat Boise State, it was, oh, wow, John Rice Plumley is impressed. Oh, Colton Boomer is so good. And we, we got to give value to college kickers. For Houston and Cincinnati, that Cincinnati win against Pitt was, wow, what if at least three of these four teams in the new Big 12 could be really good players? And then Houston beating UTSA, it was, oh, I, I know UTSA is not a power team, but man, if you've, been, if you've been paying attention to Jeff, Jeff Traylor and the Roadrunners, that's a massive win. What if all four of these teams are ahead of schedule? And they were not. All four of BYU, Houston, UCF, and Cincinnati are in the bottom five of the Big 12. The only team down there to give them company is Baylor. 
in spots 10, 11, 12, 13, and 14. Four of those five are BYU, Houston, UCF, and Cincinnati. Now, the fun part, the good news, is that every one of those teams has at least one win in Big 12 play, even you, Cincinnati, going and beating Houston. But at 3-8 and eight under Scott Satterfield, I preseason thought I, I was of the mind. I'm, I'm gonna, I'm, I'll expose myself. Ah, not that way. I'll expose myself. I was of the thought that the new teams would not struggle this mightily. I had three of them, BYU, Cincinnati, and UCF. I believe I had all three of those going to a bowl game this season, utilizing their non-conference schedule, or if you win three non-conference games and three conference games, you're six and six, you go to a bowl. I believe that'd be the trajectory for these teams. But now, it, it how how much of this do we take as, oh, you know, give them time. They're making the jump at the power five. It's going to take them a little bit. You know, Utah went through this. We saw TCU go through this. And and then, then again, how much of it is, hey, wait a second. UCF said they had a national championship a couple of years ago. Oh, well, and, and BYU has been independent. They've been playing a lot of big teams. Though Cincinnati, just they just went to the college football playoff. And, you know, Houston won double-digit games not, not that long ago under Dana Holgerson, and, and it wasn't much of an excuse then, right? Their recruiting was good, and they they wanted to be power five, but now that they are, there's an excuse. Get, you see what I'm saying? Like, and for a BYU, where everybody's, everybody, everybody's impressed, you went on the road and beat Arkansas, you kind of gave Kansas a run for its money. That Cincinnati win was fun, and then just bam. Since then, you've won one game. That home win, of course, at night against Texas Tech. And all the other games, aside from Oklahoma, have looked pretty bad. Why? Why? At what point did something click? It wasn't the fact that the strength of schedule, the season schedule, got so much tougher. DC is not that good. You lost 44 to 11. West Virginia lost to Houston. You lost 37 to 7. You were, you were non competitive. Iowa State was a home game. They lost to Ohio earlier this year. Yeah, they're a different team, but you lost 45-13. You've been non-competitive. BYU needs a win against Oklahoma State this week to save face. For UCF, maybe the one team that I can try to give a little bit of a free pass to in this conversation because they have looked so much better lately. They gave Kansas State a run for its money in that first Big 12 game, and I thought, okay, UCF now has the opportunity to still be a player despite this loss. Then they crap. I mean, you worse than crap the bet against Baylor. Lose by 30 to Kansas. Can't beat Oklahoma. You got a one-score game against Baylor. One-score game against Oklahoma. A one, well, it was a win, but a one-score game against Cincinnati. One-score game against Texas Tech. I, I know it's a two-score game against Kansas State and West Virginia, but you're squarely in those. You're at least in those. And you just can't win. Now, again, you've won two of the last three. And you looked good enough against Texas Tech to get the win. But in the end, you just, it was one blocked extra point away from you being the way you're up 14 nothing, And you still couldn't do it. Again, never, you know, always value the college kicker. The best college kickers can make a huge difference. UCF, you're the winner. If, if I had to give winners and losers for these new teams, UCF's a winner. And I think the other three might be losers. BYU is a loser because the downtrend was so sharp. They didn't just lose some tight ball games that were competitive and they tried hard and, you know, you could see glimpses. There weren't glimpses. And you can't really say it's because of backup quarterback because now we've seen 
two starting quarterbacks. You know, Dylan Gabriel went out this week. So we've seen two starting quarterbacks play effectively every meaningful snap for their team this year. Two out of 14 teams. Yeah. Everybody's dealing with the same backup quarterback stuff. It's been a terrible year to be a Big 12 quarterback. So you can't be like, oh, well, you know, we had a backup there for a while. First Jewish backup or first Jewish quarterback in BYU. Saw that on game day. Downtrend, sharp downtrend. Houston, four and seven. You lost to Cincinnati. That was your one gimme. Cincinnati, three and eight overall. Lost to Miami of Ohio. I the jury is the jury is not decided that these four teams are not cut out for this. Obviously, it's just year one. I, maybe I'm being too harsh and coming down on you too much. But for the new guys, there is one winner, and it's UCF, and they're not even that squarely of a winner. We won a national championship. We're going to dominate the Power Five. Maybe your recruiting's going well. Cincinnati's recruiting's going pretty well. But as of right now, oh, gosh, guys, that was a bad year. It was a bad year. And I had higher expectations. I thought the adjustment would not be as violent and bloody and gross for all of you. Weird. Coming up, Gary Patterson. Where's he going? Where are you going? This is Locked On Big 12, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Who is it? Your team? When is it? Every day. Today's show is brought to you by Prize Picks. Prize Picks is where I go to make money. Oh, buddy, you can go in, you can parlay a couple of, uh, you go in, you parlay a couple of these, uh, what are you, what are you, uh, props? Yeah, player props. You just like Travis Kelsey receptions and LeBron James rebounds, and then bam, money. You do like uh, LeBron James plus Travis Kelsey, 10 and a half point combo, three points made in reception. So it's you know, seven receptions for Travis Kelsey, four three-pointers for LeBron, and bam, you hit it. Play alongside some of Prize Picks favorite players like rapper Meek Mill, comedian Andrew Schultz. Find community plays under the promos tab of the app to view entries in some of the biggest games, biggest names in Prize Picks community every week. They even offer a reboot policy if a player gets hurt in the first half in your big games. Nobody else does that. Nobody else does that. Go to prizepicks.com forward slash locked on college. Use code locked on college. Go make some money. You get a first deposit match. When you use go when you go to prizepicks.com, you use forward slash locked on college. You get a first deposit match up to $100. That's right. Prizepicks.com forward slash locked on college. Prize picks. Daily fantasy sports. Made easy. Gary Patterson has made it clear he wants to return the game. If the, if the setting is right, if the fit is right, Gary Patterson wants to be a head coach in college football again. He told that to Matt Mosley of ESPN Central Texas. The Baylor flagship station, my station, came on right after our show. And I was like, oh, ah, listening in the car. And Gary's like, yeah, you know, I'm, I'm ready. I'm ready to come back and be a head coach. Does Gary Patterson deserve to be a head coach? Here's the first thing, the first point I'm going to make here. The first point I'm going to make. For those of you that I've seen who are like, oh, Gary is, you know, he, he was too much of a hothead or people didn't get along with him or he made a lot of enemies or he had a very tumultuous locker room and the situation was not always perfect. And for Gary, it was never easy. Okay, yeah, world-renowned musician, musician Gary Patterson, sure, whatever. But I, I'm gonna give, I'm gonna give this, and even to those who are saying he's not ready for NIL or transfer portal, if Gary Patterson, listen here, listen, if Gary Patterson's the head coach for TCU in 2022, I still think they're pretty damn good. Again, Sonny Dykes didn't come in with a mass exodus, and I'm gonna bring all my bags, and they're Louie. He didn't use a ton of random players. I mean. 
you could argue the development was, but 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 how much development could Dykes have done in one offseason to turn that roster into a national championship caliber team? I mean, nobody, not a miracle worker, can turn nothing into a national championship program. If Patterson's given another year at TCU in 2022, does he buy himself a lot more time? Does he go to a national championship? Maybe not. But, but does he buy himself a lot more time? Does he develop that team into one that keeps him in, in, in the saddle? And are we having a different conversation about what the, the name Gary Patterson means to college football today? I get it. His last five years at TCU were consistent in that they were bad. Of his last five years, one of them was good. He had one 11-3 season, um, and, then, and that was then, then four years of just complete and utter turmoil. Got fired in the middle of a year. Was that warranted? No. Should TCU have fired this legendary coach who'd been there for 20 seasons in the middle of a year? No. But how did it work out for them? They went to the national championship, right? They, they can become the poster child of, hey, fire a coach a couple weeks early, get on the hunt. I still think they probably get Sonny Dykes, by the, by the way, and they still probably go to a national championship. I don't know if that an effect, had an effect on anything. But you were, you, you mistreated the legend. That's it. It's like if the Patriots, and, and it's not a direct comparison, Sonny Dykes is not one, five, seven, whatever it is, national championships. But it's if the Patriots just kicked out Bill Belichick in the middle of the season tomorrow, he has done enough. He's done enough to be fired at the end of the season. Gary Patterson had done enough to be fired at the end of the season, mistreated by TCU. I believe that Patterson has a love for the program. He was at the national championship game. He still shows face. He still comments and talks about TCU. Him and his wife are both huge frog supporters. But you know, when somebody fire, when you get fired from an organization that you put so much into, that you loved so much, and you, they did it in the middle of the season, there's that little part of you that says, you know what? As much as I love you, I'd love even more to beat you. It'd be real fun, it'd be real meaningful if I could beat you. And that would take being in the Big 12. His credentials are enough. His credentials are enough to be at a school like Baylor that is similar enough to TCU that he could win. His credentials are enough to be at a West Virginia where he would go in day one, use his credentials, use what he's done in college football, and he would win. He could go to a Houston and he could win eight or nine games every year, which is going to be tough for anybody to do. Now that they're a power five team, that is. I am confident that Gary Patterson could still do that. We learned that Gary could recruit at a level that was competitive in the Big 12. We learned that Gary Patterson could recruit in a level that was competitive nationally in college football. With Gary, listen to this, with Gary Patterson's players, with Gary Patterson's players, TCU went to the national championship last season. The horses were in the stable under Gary. You either die a hero or live long enough to see yourself become the villain. That was the issue for Gary Patterson, but he still got it. 63 years old. Does he have 10 years left in college football? Sure. I think Gary Patterson has probably 10 years left in college football. We're seeing coaches that go out there and do it for longer and longer now. And if you give him, if you tell Baylor, West Virginia, Houston, hey, I can give you seven years. Most head coaches, almost every head coach doesn't last seven. That's that's a lifetime at a college football program for a head coach. Coaches aren't lasting seven years anywhere anymore. So, oh, he's old and time's passed him by. Mm, I don't know. The horses were in the stable to win a national championship. Had he been given that next year, does he have the morale? Does he have the, the locker room won over enough to win that national championship? I don't know. But I'm telling you what. I think that a Baylor, a West Virginia, a Houston, somewhere in the Big 12, 
especially if the move is made this offseason, will be where he goes. I don't want to see him at New Mexico. I don't want to see him at, at Boise State or Abilene Christian or any of these. Uh, yeah, I want to see him in the Big 12, and I think that's where he's going to be. Just to get back at that team you love so much there in Fort Worth. And they rip the statue down when he beats when he beats TCU as the head coach of the Baylor Bears in two years. In Amon G. Carter. This has been It Always Will Be. I love you guys. I'll talk to you tomorrow, I guess. I think, yeah, I think we're going to have a show tomorrow. This week's going to be funky. This week is going to be funky with, how, with Halloween. Yeah, great. I'm doing Halloween again. Uh, with Thanksgiving, I'll try to keep you updated on Twitter at LOBig12. Uh, 10,000 subscribers by January 1st. I'll shave my head. Thankfully, <laughs> we've slowed down a little bit. This has been It Always Will Be. Locked on. Thanks for making it your first listen every single day. Dose Grande.